So Aloha Mission Church, as we journey through Advent, I have asked different people on my staff to share the Advent message with me, and today Pastor Robert is going to share the message with me. I'm so excited to preach with you, Robert, and share God's Word for us today. But as we begin, I want to make sure that we clearly point to the focus of Advent. Because Advent, for us, is a time of preparation. The word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means the coming or the arrival. That's not anything new to most of you. You've heard that all your life, if you've grown up in the church, that Advent is about the coming or the arrival of Jesus into the world. And that's what I really want to point to, that Jesus is that the whole reason we have Advent is so that we can focus and prepare our hearts Because I guarantee you that over the course of the next few weeks, the busyness of this season will take hold of your life. In fact, I dare say that it will consume your life. And when it does, when are we going to prepare our hearts for Jesus if we are not intentional about doing that? And that's why in the foyer, we have provided daily devotionals for Advent readings for you in the church. If you have not got one yet, go out and make sure you get one because we want to make sure that we purposefully and specifically set aside time to remind us that this season is about Jesus. Because if it's not, then it's going to be about the parties and the decoration and the shopping and all of the different things that you guys are going to be doing. Me too. (laughs) And it's so easy to leave Jesus out of all of that. So in my sermon, over the next few weeks, we're going to focus in on Jesus. And, uh, and throughout Advent, what we're going to do is we're going to explore the Christological message of Luke chapter 2. And we're going to study this this. Who Jesus is, this word Christology, it's it's a big word that we use in the life of the church. It is the theology and the nature of the work of Jesus. And here in Luke chapter 2, as I share this message, listen to the different names that are given to Jesus. And we're going to explore what those names mean today. And so, the passage of scripture that we are going to take a look at today is Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Do not be afraid, said the angels. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is the word of God that we're going to look at today. And today, Pastor Robert and I will bring a message to you about the advent of our Savior. Thank you, Pastor. As we think about today, about Advent, this time, this season, if you've ever planned for an event, or if we have anyone here that is an event planner, you know that it takes time. You have to prepare. You have to first determine what is it you're going to celebrate. Then you have to figure out where are you going to celebrate and who are you going to invite Who's going to be coming to this event? And as we look at today, Advent, we learned that it is arriving and coming. That's important for us to remember. 
the arriving is what we're it was what they were anticipating when Jesus was born. The coming is what we anticipate when he comes again. It is that reminder, the king to come. You see, God had a plan. The promise of better days. It was to restore our lives and the world. And we can actually find this in the Old Testament. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 23 so we can look at the Advent message found in the Old Testament and explore God's promise of better days found in verses 5 and 6. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. Do you see it? The passage here is foretelling of God sending us a Savior, Jesus, who is greater than our sin. So we could receive, by grace through faith, a permanent and eternal solution. Isn't it wonderful knowing that the days are coming when God will fulfill his promise? His promise points to a future event that represents a king who will rule over a new people. It's a new kingdom. It's a new people. And as it as it points to this new future, what we see here is it is going to be a Davidic redeemer. Jesus, the perfect king, will come as a gift. A gift to all of us. A gift to set all things right and reign over his creation, giving all who believe hope and joy. You see, it's going to be the gift of ages. A savior. One who will provide righteousness to an unrighteous people and rule with power and strength, providing peace to all who believe. In Isaiah 4.2, we see Jesus as the righteous branch. The branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of the survivors in Israel. Now, we have to look at the branch the branch of a tree. When we look at that branch, a healthy branch, we know it will bear good fruit. Depending on the season of that tree, we will see branches come out beyond the branch, and we're going to see flowers, and we're going to see fruit, and we're going to have a harvest. But when the branch is bad, the branch withers and it dies, and eventually it will fall off. But the branch here that we're talking about is the righteous branch, the divine branch, the branch that God has prepared for us. You see, Jesus will come as a good ruler. He will be a good judge to deal out justice and judgment in the land. The branch refers to a descendant of David, a man. He will be a man, most certainly a human, but also a descendant of God kind 
the Son of God, making him a godly king who will, unlikely, unlike mankind, reign with two things here. First, divine wisdom. He will fulfill God's laws. And the second is righteousness, doing what is right and righting what has been broken. We see here again in Isaiah 11.10, In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Don't you see it? Don't you see it? A godly king who will be recognized as the true Messiah, a king who brings physical safety and security to the land. Hope and joy. Mm. The king will be referred to as Lord, our righteous Savior, for he will provide salvation to those who believe. They will be justified. And through him, made righteous by faith. We have something to look forward to. Why? Because God has a plan an Advent plan that prepares the world for the coming of his Son, Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. A Savior who will come to serve, save, and redeem the world, bringing with him salvation to all the peoples. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate you preparing this message for us. You can leave that right there. And so, we have this message of a coming Savior. This, this word Savior is important for us to understand. Because so often, Jesus is completely misunderstood, believe it or not. But it's true. And uh, so this word Savior in Greek is soter. Which means a deliverer or a preserver. And uh, it's a common Greek word that was used all of the time. And it was, it was used and ascribed to people like the rulers and kings and, and maybe generals. People that, that, that would lead people and, and maybe uh, deliver them or, or make li- their lives better as a result because they, they were liberated from one thing or another. It lifts people up. And, and wouldn't you agree that most people are excited for a savior? I mean, most people think about their situation and wanting it to be better and who can make it better, but, but maybe a Savior can. And for those of you who really are into sports, you understand this idea and concept of Savior. For those of you who are big fans of the uh, San Diego Padres, and I know there are quite a few, Jim, you're not one of them, I know. <laughs> But for those of you who are, when, when, when the Padres announced that Manny Machado was coming, everyone thought, oh, this is going to be the guy that takes our team from where it is to where it's going to be. And then they continued to add people to the roster, and we made it almost all the way there. Who, who did we beat in the playoffs? Oh, the Dodgers, I forgot. <laughs> But you understand that, that whole concept of Savior, right? This person is going to turn everything around for us. And there's a lot of pressure put on people who are pointed to as a Savior. And you know, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, right? 
But everybody wants a Savior. And I would dare say that in this room, everyone wants Jesus to be their Savior. As Pastor Robert shared just a moment ago about the prophecy of, of the righteous Savior from Jeremiah where he read, when we talk about a Savior coming to make things better for us, there's a great anticipation for that Savior to do just that. To deliver us, right? The expectation of all that the Savior will be for us. And then we read our passage today in Luke chapter 2, when the angel declared, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And you know, for the initial original hearers of this, that's great news. The Jews of the day wanted nothing more than to have a Savior. They have a Savior to lift them up from where they were to where they hoped to be. Because the Jews at that time, they were under Roman rule, right? The influence of Rome and the authority of Rome was like a blanket over the Jews. And they were pushed and molded and formed to convert to all of the customs and the traditions of Rome. But the Jews said, no, 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 we are God's people. And they wanted to be free from Roman rule and influence. And they thought, man, if our Savior would only come and, and free us from this oppression to these, these, these Roman rulers. And then the angel makes that great announcement. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Oh, this is our chance right here. We are eventually going to be free from living under the rule of these Romans. We don't like it anymore. We want, in the beautiful words of William Wallace, freedom! I love that movie. Braveheart. Where, where are the Gilberts? Thank you for the kilt that you gave to me. Gordon McWong is my nickname. <laughs> The Jews wanted a savior to deliver them from Rome. And I want you to know all of this anticipation and all of this expectations comes to a head as Jesus is born, grows up, he comes into his ministry, he lives out the life that God calls him to live. And in John chapter 12, Jesus enters into Jerusalem. Some of you are familiar with John chapter 12. It's the triumphal entry of Jesus. We normally preach from this passage on Palm Sunday. But here in this passage, it shows what the Jews were hoping for. Jesus to be as their Messiah. But the problem is, they had a misunderstanding of the kind of Messiah that Jesus came to be. As Jesus entered into Jerusalem, everyone was so excited for the Savior to finally come. And so hear the word of the Lord in John chapter 12. 
The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And so they took palm branches and they went out and met him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Can you picture that? Jesus riding in on a donkey. And the people are just lined up, cheering him on, because their expectation is that he is coming to liberate us from the Romans, these wretched people who oppress us and make us to to, to live the way they want us to live when all we want to do is serve our God. And that guy right there on the donkey, he's going to do it. And so they're all shouting, Hosanna! And you know what Hosanna means, right? Save us! Save us! That's what Hosanna means in Hebrew. Save us, the king of Israel. Because they're looking for a savior. And make no mistake, Jesus did come to be our savior. But unfortunately for the Jews, he did not come to save them. From the Romans. And so, this is the hard part, right? Jesus failed to live up to their expectations, the Jewish expectations, to be a revolutionary leader. They wanted him to politically and and maybe spiritually get them out of the place that they were. And when their expectations failed and fell way, Way short. Jesus, Jesus, who he became wasn't who they wanted him to be. And when expectations like that fall way short, mis-expectations lead to disastrous outcomes. (laughs) They went on Palm Sunday shouting, Hosanna, save us! Say by Good Friday, yelling, crucify him. He didn't come to do what we wanted him to do. Get rid of him. Crucify him. Missed expectations for the Savior. <laughs> Thus, church, it is vital for us to understand who Jesus is as our Savior and understand why Jesus left heaven to come to earth. So can I ask you a question? Who is Jesus, our Savior, to you? Who do you see Jesus as Savior to be? In Matthew 21, the angel, when he spoke to Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, the angel said to Joseph, when he's talking about Mary and Jesus, the angel gave Joseph, And he gives to all of us in the word who Jesus came to be as Savior. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel said to Joseph in a dream, She, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. Not from Rome. Not from maybe the things that you're struggling with, but from our sins. See, Jesus came to save people. And it's clearly right there in the word of God. 
Jesus came also to redeem people back to a right relationship with God, to reconcile our relationship back to with God the way it should be. That's why Jesus left heaven and came to earth. And, and it's written all throughout the Bible. You can see examples of it over and over again, that when Jesus came and he interacted with people, he lived out this amazing mission that God gave him to live out. And I want to just point out one example there in Matthew chapter 19. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 19. And that is when Jesus encounters Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus heard about Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. Climbs up in the tree. You know the story. Jesus sees it. Come down, Zacchaeus. We're going to go to your house. I'm going to stay there. And when Jesus interacts with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus' life changes. Because that's what Jesus does. He changes our hearts and our lives. And when he does, Armando, you know what happens? We are saved. Because that's what Jesus came to do, to seek and save the lost, to forgive us of our sins. And then after Jesus had spent time with Zacchaeus, listen to what he says. Jesus, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Then he speaks of himself. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Mm-hmm. Church, we all want salvation, don't we? You know what the problem is for so many? We want salvation on our own terms. That's my problem. Right? I, I want Jesus to save me and, and to, to do what I want him to do for me. We want a savior that... that, that hears our prayers and answers our prayers and looks after our needs. We want a Savior that keeps us from harm and frees us from pain and all the heartache that come in life. We want that kind of Savior. (laughs) But far too often, those expectations that we place on Jesus may not be exactly the reason why Jesus came for us. And when people have expectations of Jesus that are not for the reasons that he came, then disappointment becomes a reality. Disillusionment becomes real. Dissatisfaction with our faith. And as a result of that, many people leave the church and leave the faith altogether. I think we've been around long enough to know people that are no longer believers. They don't enter the doors of our church. You know why? They had an expectation of Jesus. I prayed. I prayed. I prayed and and God never answered me. And so they go. Jesus didn't do what I asked him to do. He He didn't answer my prayers. When we look at our passage today, this is the exact same thing that happened to the Jews and their expectation of Jesus delivering them from Rome. We did the same thing. So that's why I asked you that question today. What's your expectation of Jesus as our Savior? What do you need a Savior for? Well, can I take the opportunity to tell you that as Savior, Jesus does something for all of us that nothing 
or no one else in this world can do for us. And church, that is, Jesus is the only one who can save us from our sins. You can try looking anywhere else in this world, to anyone else in this world, and you know what you will find? That whoever that is and wherever you go, no one can take care and help you to get rid of the sin that is in our lives, except for Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no one under... So there's no other name under heaven given to mankind in which we must be saved. Nowhere else, no one else. Only Jesus can do what Jesus can do as our Savior. Jesus left heaven and came to earth to save people from their sins. So here's a good question. Why would Jesus do that? Why why would Jesus come to save us? Why do you save things? Do you have a card that someone sent you that was like very meaningful to you? And if not a card or maybe a text, someone sent you a text and you're like, ah, and you save it or a picture that you say. Why do we save things? We save things that matter to us. (laughs) We save things that we love. And that's exactly why. Jesus saves us. Because Jesus loves. And that's why he saves. And that's the good news of our Savior today. Jesus saves because he loves. And we know this because the Word of God tells us in John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but of eternal life. And then in verse 17 it says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Everyone wants Jesus to be their Savior. Today, will you let Jesus be your Savior for the reason He came instead of the reason we want Him to be? Today, If there's anything in your life that separates you from the love of God, would you surrender that and invite Jesus to be your Savior today? Throughout this Advent season, we're going to look at the deep Christological message of who Jesus is, our Savior, our Messiah, and our Lord. And as we grow in our faith journey, Jesus reveals himself to us in deeper and more powerful ways. Today, he's our Savior. And we've come to him today needing a Savior. And so today, as we close, I invite you to all stand with me. And if there's anything in your heart today that keeps you from this relationship with God of where it ought to be, where God desires it to be, reconciled with Him, restored with Him. That's the beginning of, our, of all relationships. When we get this right with God, the relationships that we have with one another, they fall into place. Today, 
as I close in this time of prayer, would you just take this opportunity to recognize the advent of our Savior, Jesus coming to save us from our sins. Bow with me and pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your son Jesus who, who left heaven to come and save this world, to seek and save the lost. Not to condemn us, but to save us. Because Jesus shares your great love, dear God, for us. And because of that love, as we took communion today, Jesus gave up his broken body to take the punishment for the sins that we committed. He gave up the blood, the the life-giving blood of his life, surrendered it so that we can live in relationship with you to be made right. So today, dear God, we recognize and, and believe, we accept, we know, dear God, that Jesus came to be our Savior, to save us from our sins, Lord God, to forgive us of the things that we have done, the known, the known violation of your own will. Save us, dear Lord. Hosanna is what we call out to save us and forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to purify us, to make us people, Lord God, that we can come into your presence because of who Jesus is, not because of anything that we have done. Because salvation is your gift to us, not by works, so that no one should boast. And Lord God, today we are so grateful that Jesus is the great reconciler of relationships, that we can be reconciled with you today because we have sought forgiveness of our sins. We are free. We are free people, not from Rome, (laughs) not from any government, but we are free from the power and the penalty of sin because of what Jesus did when he was born and what he did on the cross for us. Hallelujah. We say Hosanna, dear God, to you. We love you, and in Jesus' precious and mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Today, church, (laughs) we are free. Would you just say in in a loud, resounding way as our own benediction today, say Hosanna on the count of three. One, two, three. Hosanna! God saves. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great day. And then there's pie in the foyer today. So come and enjoy some. And let's celebrate all that God is doing with us in Advent.